This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. It is. Oh, They're here man. once again. Thank you so much. Welcome for to Pat and Stu. Uh, so Trump uh, tweeted something last night saying he's got a very organized process taking place as I decide on my cabinet and many other positions. I'm the only one who knows who the finalists are. I don't know. He's still using exclamation points. I don't know why he's doing that. Um, but there was someone, I can't remember who it was, who was tweeted, maybe president just shouldn't use exclamation points in their tweets. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they shouldn't tweet, tweet at all, but certainly they shouldn't tweet with exclamation points. Um, I, uh, I, as I said yesterday, I've sworn off the, oh, this is a disarray articles. I just, I can't read any more of them. Uh, you know, yes, we'll, we're going to find out. I'm not going to sit here and obsess over who's getting fired out of his administration, whether it's going well or not. The New York Times had a huge article today, and everyone's tweeting it about, oh, well, hey, you know, he is uh, just getting random calls from world leaders at Trump Tower. That was the big, that was the big takeaway. And, like, he was so surprised he won. He had nothing in place. So he's just at Trump Tower, and, people, and all the world leaders are like, hey, we've got to talk to this guy. Let's call Trump Tower. And just getting through to his personal line and talking to him. And then, like, um, uh, um, uh, there's a big protocol error where he's supposed to talk to uh, Great Britain first, apparently. That's the first thing you're supposed to do. And he talked to Egypt first. And then Israel, and then the U.K. Bastard. Right, but it's like... Huh. All right. I mean, look, this is going to be sloppy. OK, we I don't we know that going into this like Trump yes. is not. This is not his world. It's not what he does. There's going to be all sorts of errors like this. I refuse to obsess about them. I refuse to obsess about them and care all that much. Yeah, I, I don't remember ever uh, hearing stories this soon about he doesn't even have every single cabinet business you filled yet. Right. We don't know every single movie he's ever going to make yet. Uh, when have we ever known that? We've never known that. No. I I mean, maybe, uh, was it W. Bush or H.W. Bush? Had a few cabinet positions. H.W. Mm-hmm. But I don't, f- I, I mean. No other president since Nixon had had any um, named until the fifth week, I believe. So and that's not, from Ari Fleischer. I don't know about Obama. Years. Or, oh, we have, we actually have that image. Let's look at that real quick. Because this is something Ari Fleischer mm-hmm. posted as he was working in the transition for George W. Bush. And this is what the chart looks like, uh, if we could show it. Um, it is, uh, it's got a bunch of numbers on it, and I can't tell you any more about it without you actually seeing it. So I'm just going to sit here and continue to fill until the picture so there's, pops up. There it is there on the screen. Is. Look at that. Look at that. Right uh, there. But you see, if week one, two, three, four is a big blank for everyone except, except George H.W. Bush, who he named a six people. Um, but, I mean, Reagan didn't start until week, what's, what was that, six? Uh, Clinton didn't start until week six. Carter started at week five. Uh, and Nixon did all of them in week five. This is post-election, by the way. 
um, and week eight is about Christmas. So I mean, uh, this is very. This is, there's nothing to, to worry about. There is a an interesting part of the Trump thing that is unique to Trump, which is he put together a very strange coalition because at the beginning, no one wanted to be on his team. As he started winning, people joined his team, not because of ideology, but because of uh, practicality uh, for their own careers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chris Christie jumps to mind in that particular thing. So there was the Christies of the world. And then there were some like Sessions who was there sort of early. And then you had his you have his family, who his contacts uh, are. You have um, uh, uh, other groups that kind of came in like Reince Priebus late after he won the nomination. And all of those groups that remained loyal to him through the campaign have representation in this sort of final package. And they're all fighting it out amongst each other. Christie has theoretically, seemingly lost Big reason for that, he put uh, Jared Kushner's dad in jail. At least that's what the reports are. I don't know that you know, Jared Kushner would say, hey, I don't like this guy because he did this. But, I mean, that is what the rumored uh, reasons are. Regardless of what the reasons are, they're going to have a little bit of a civil war here in the next few weeks. And someone's going to gain a decent amount of power. They're going to settle into their positions. and They're going to name people. And it's like, why are we sweating over this? Like, mm-hmm. the, the it was the same thing that happened during the campaign, where it was like, well, he's only got this many field offices, and he's not raising money at this rate, and he doesn't, he's not running enough ads in these states, and he's campaigning in the wrong places, and all of that proved to be wrong. All of it proved to be a waste of your time, to put it frankly. So I'm not going to waste my freaking holidays obsessing about whether Donald Trump is going to name uh, who he's going to name. Even Steve Bannon, who we've talked about a decent amount, you know what? Steve Bannon has said a lot of things I disagree with, and I think he's uh, a, uh, a guy who uh, I, I, I would not have selected myself. However, he's going to get a chance to do what he does. And if he does a good job advising the president into good policies, well, then we can praise him. Mm-hmm. If he sucks, then we're going we're to wreck him. But right now, there's no reason to obsess about it. And it looks like they're considering, uh, well, might be, re- might be considering Ted Cruz for attorney general. I don't know. I, I don't believe it, really. But, I mean, it could happen. Yeah, Maybe they're just tossing that out as, look, see, we're willing to consider him, and they're not. Uh, also, would Ted consider taking that position? I don't know why he would take that, uh, to be honest. Unless he, and unless Ted's like, well, my career's over, and this is a good step for me. I, it, I, it was either that, or he has 100% uh, completely turned around on, Ted, <laughs> on, on Donald Trump. Because uh, I think I think Ted would be reticent about accepting a position from a man he you know doesn't believe in, and really, based on everything I know and talked with Ted about, he doesn't really believe in Donald right. Trump. So you would think he'd at least take a wait and see approach and 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 continue to do his set. Yeah, career I, mean, I and guess if he saw it as, a, as an unless important he enough completely, job, like for example, I would accept him. I would expect him if if offered to take the Supreme Court appointment. Um, he has said well, he has no. Different. He has said he has no interest. That's in different. It. That's a um, lifetime position that doesn't is. have anything to do with the presidency. No, nope. doesn't have anything to do with the executive branch. Whatever. Right. But, but taking would you the t- attorney general might get him one step closer to that. And I, he has said he's not even interested in it. But it's, that's one of those things that if you're offered it, you pretty much take it. 
um, unless you think there's going to be a really bad thing that comes out in your uh, hearings. Uh, and I don't think that's an issue with Cruz. He was just vetted it to be well, president. Well, he's got those, uh, I mean, five chicks that he's got to answer for. Mm, a lot came out of that. The five chicks. And what about a dad who killed JFK? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, weird how do that you did... blame him for that? I don't know. Weird but how nothing came out about that afterwards. Certainly uh, a creepy family. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I would, I would is a, do you think and I, I don't know, maybe it is, is attorney general a high profile position or I don't know. A, a good enough position to do to make enough change in the country that you leave your Senate seat and probably abandon? I don't think your so. presidential prospects. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think the answer to that is probably no. Well, I don't see it unless, that way. Secretary we... of State. Yes. Um, you know, if you're if you're a defense guy, um, secretary of defense might rise to that mm-hmm. um, level. Uh, but yeah, attorney general, I don't know. Yeah, Let's yeah. see where he can do more good doing as attorney general. And if they're, look, we've, they've already talked about going up against him in his Senate seat, right? Sending in uh, uh, Dingleberry Perry, Rick Perry, to come in and take a fight, uh, Ted, for his Senate yeah, seat. Yeah, they're talking about uh, primarying so, him. Uh, well, they're talking about it, but. You know, I know, I know. And I honestly think he would probably win, um, although he might lose. The other one they're talking about, uh, Perry might beat him, um, but yeah. I, I think he might win that. McCall is the other guy they're talking about. Oh, Mike McCall's not going to beat Ted Oh, Cruz. no. Brick Perry's the only one. Lots of money, and, and they, they think that he, you know, he would establish support, which is why we kind of pointed out at the time, like, there's no reason to, to there's no political reason to endorse Donald Trump. He obviously must have thought it was the right thing to do um, because it doesn't do anything for him. I mean, I guess it gets him this meeting, which he wouldn't have had if he didn't endorse. But I mean, so, right? I mean, it's not going to, they're going to primary him if they want to primary him. Um, and if he re- believes he's going to lose in a primary challenge, then maybe he takes this attorney general thing. But I, see, I don't know that I would do it. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'm guessing- and I'm looking at it, I will say, I'm looking at it just from, the political aspect of it. He, you know, he's obviously a, a constitutional lawyer. He might say an attorney general, there's 10 things that I know I could do that no one knows about and, you know, that you guys don't understand. And I, that he probably would be right on that. But, I mean, that just does not seem to rise to that level. You know, in Secretary of State, you drop everything and you take it, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think you'd take that for attorney general. You just drop everything. Unless you really believe uh, you could make a huge difference. Either one of them. Either... Um Attorney General or Secretary of State probably preclude him from running in a primary against against uh, Trump, which you know would be a nice calculation on Trump's part. Yes, it would to get him out of that equation since he was the runner-up last time. And it's not crazy that that um, could happen. So if, that could happen. Then it four years goes poorly. Happened with uh, Obama and Hillary, right? He made her Secretary of State, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't primary him. I don't know if she would have anyway. But no, she wouldn't. Have, but still, um, some other cabinet position. Uh, People who are being considered for a shortlist for Secretary of State include John Bolton, might make a pretty pretty good Secretary of State. Bob Corker from Tennessee, he's a senator now. Uh, Newt Gingrich, no thank you. Rudolph Giuliani. They're saying he's the leader, by the way, for this. And again, for Secretary of State, it's a what? weird fit. I mean, sure is. Secretary you of State. You would think Attorney General is better suited for him. I think it would be, but again, it's not as high profile. I think he wants the best gig. You know, Giuliani. For for um, uh, when it comes to Trump, Trump, Trump bucks. Like as you when you earn when you when you become loyal to Donald Trump and you a- execute something that is difficult uh, in his defense, you earn a Trump dollar, a Trump buck. <laughs> And the guy who owned the, earned the most Trump bucks throughout the campaign was probably Rudy Giuliani. Because of the fact that Giuliani had, I think, something to lose. 
in that mm-hmm. he had a really good reputation. Um, a reputation, he was still America's mayor for all of his problems. He was still America's mayor from 9-11. He, unlike Chris Christie, who had no reputation to protect, Giuliani still had some of that. Also, Giuliani was the only one who went out after the Billy Bush tape on all those shows. All those other surrogates were canceled. And Giuliani went on all the shows that weekend mm-hmm. and defended Donald Trump to the best of his ability. You know, he earned a lot of Trump bucks that weekend. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Trump did. bucks can buy you, I think, secretary of state. Now, Giuliani is a is not a lunatic. Um, he's not a crazy person. He's not you know, it's not like you're putting Steve Bannon as a, as a secretary of state. It, it's you know, it's putting somebody. I mean, Rudy Giuliani was fairly close to being president. He ran one of the largest economies uh, in the world in New York City uh, as mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, he has not been perfect over the years by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not some fringe lunatic getting into this job. He'd probably be fine at it, to be perfectly honest. But it is a strange choice with Giuliani. He'd I probably so. be similar to Bolton, who was also known for being um, uh, outspoken at times. Um, mm-hmm. But neither of their worldviews line up at all with what Trump is saying he, he ran on. Yeah. Mr. Anti-Iraq War. I mean, John Bolton was one of the biggest defenders of the Iraq War. So was Rudy Giuliani, by the way. Both of them were big-time mm-hmm. defenders of that war. Um, and to put one of those two in Secretary of State is an interesting choice, at the least, because it, it indicates to me that the I'm-against-war thing that he put out there a lot during the campaign was, never, was not real. And I said it on the show a million times. I don't think that the concerns from many in the um, uh, hawkish Republican side of the argument that he would not want to go to war enough or he would not want troops in enough places, to me, that was never real from Donald Trump. That was him in the mid-2000s when he was not really engaged in politics, realizing this mm-hmm. war went, went, uh, was going wrong, it was becoming unpopular, and he jumped on that bandwagon um, and, and passionately did so. Uh, and it's def- and took that all the way through the primary. Also, uh, also being uh, thrown out there, uh, Zalmay Khalilzad and Stanley McChrystal uh, for Secretary of State, for Treasury Secretary Thomas Barrick Jr., Jeb Hemsarley, uh, Stephen uh, Nunchin. I don't I don't know him. Former Goldman Sachs exec and Trump's campaign finance chairman. So yeah, uh, definitely a loyalist in the in the Trump world. And Tim Pawlenty from from Minnesota. Jeez, Tim Pawlenty. No, thank you. There's some bad names on that list. <laughs> but you know that's Treasury Secretary. But again, so what do we have there? You have a Trump loyalist. Yeah. You have uh, Minnesota you have, governor who was there, I think, endorsing Trump from I mean, the beginning. I mean, Henserling is a pretty conservative uh, Republican. Um, yeah. If I, if I remember right, he's on the, in the Freedom Caucus, isn't he? I think so. Um, and then Pauletti is a very establishment figure um, who, yeah, again, uh, you know, uh, he's not uh, the most liberal Republican of all time, but a very a Reince Priebus pick, right? Like that's yeah. who, probably who Reince wants. Bannon probably wants. Uh, well, probably once Munchen uh, or Nunchen, whatever his name is, because he's a loyalist and also a Goldman Sachs guy, which Bannon is as well. Uh, Bannon is an, uh, is an old Goldman Sachs guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there could be a connection there. Defense Secretary um, Kelly Ayotte, uh, who did lose, by the way, her Senate seat in a very close race that she honestly could have 
probably got a recount of, I think it was a thousand, a couple thousand votes. <laughs> didn't go that way, though. Um, did not go that way. Michael Flynn, who was a Democrat, um, but was a big supporter of Trump throughout, early supporter, um, again, a loyalist. Um, now, Flynn has had some missteps in the public sphere as far as like not seemingly knowing the leaders of certain countries and, and weird things like that for a secretary of defense would be strange. Stephen Hadley, uh, who is a national security advisor under George W. Bush, John Kyle, former uh, senator of uh, Arizona, Jeff Sessions. I think this is Sessions seems to want one of these big jobs. And he was very early. I mean, he was yeah. he was the guy who basically during the primary, during the primary and basically wrote uh, not basically wrote Donald Trump's um, border strategy um, at the point where Trump had absolutely no idea at this point what he was going to do with the border, just that he was going to build a wall. Sessions came in and gave him credibility on that issue because his he wrote up a conservative border plan that mm-hmm. at, up to that point Trump hadn't articulated at all. And even after that point was disagreeing with because I don't think he even read it, let alone wrote it. But. You know, hey, Sessions was there from the beginning, and I would be surprised if he gets if he does not get rewarded with something plum out of this. Weirdly, Sessions was there from the beginning. Yeah, I, I, it's inexplicable, but he was there. And Tom Cotton is the other one. He was there pretty senator early, senator from Arkansas, uh, Attorney General Chris Christie. Maybe they're saying you know Christie is on the outs uh, because of the Kushner thing. Who knows? Uh, Giuliani, you could see that for sure. Sessions, Sessions. I don't think Cruz is a legitimate option here. I don't think he would take it. I don't think they would offer it to him. Um, but I think that meeting to me was probably more of like let's work together where we can. The only other thing interesting in here because it's just Interior Secretary. Nobody cares about these positions. Agricultural Secretary. Um, they're talking about maybe Sarah Palin for Interior Secretary. Um, no. Then there's Commerce, uh, or as Glenn would say, Commerce. <laughs> Uh, health the, and Human the Services. Former governor of Alaska, Sarah Palin. Right, that that's health, right. Health and Human Services is, it has a couple interesting HHS, d- uh, ben, ben Carson, Carson and, who has apparently turned it down, wow. number one. Has he? Yeah, Carson reportedly turned it down, and his reasoning was fascinating. He has no experience running a federal agency. Well, yeah, you just ran uh, for you president. You wanted to be president, douche. I just, saw, I just saw a headline. I'll go back and try to find it, but there it was reported that he was uh, changing his mind. Oh, really? He's now considering it again? Because he was a big loyalist, obviously. I yeah. mean, the, guy, the man called him a child molester, and he still supported his presidency. Crazy. Uh, so that was a... <laughs> weird. That, you want to talk really about earning weird. Trump bucks. That's how you earn Jeez. some Trump bucks right there. Then there's um, Huckabee, Huckabee, Jindal, and Scott. So two... So two uh, Scott was pretty early on the, tra- on the train as well. He might get rewarded for that. Two mm-hmm. interesting ones to me, though, are Huck... This is an interesting thing. Carson is an obvious loyalist. He's obviously a smart guy and knows a lot about um, health care. Uh, but whether he I don't think he would be a good choice. And it doesn't look like he's saying maybe he's reconsidering. But I don't know. It doesn't look like a good choice. Huckabee is a horrible choice because the, one of the biggest issues we ever had with Mike Huckabee was in this realm. Where he, oh, man. He's the guy that wants to force you to yeah. uh, to um, stop eating. He, went, he was on the Michelle Obama train when it comes to forcing kids to eat right. Um, mm-hmm. controlling school menus. Um, he's a big, um, you know, uh, big on all sorts of intervention into the world of health. He is a absolute progressive. On the other side of that, Bobby Jindal would be great. Jindal, who, who released one of the better uh, t- um, health care plans of all the Republican candidates, would be a great choice for that. Very smart. Needs a role. I mean, you don't want to lose Bobby Jindal and let him go into the into the middle of nowhere. He may never be president, but he's a good 
uh, smart conservative that needs a role and yeah, should like get that. one. And he did. Like he did endorse uh, Trump did. as well. Um, there are some other fascinating names for some interesting positions. We will get to those uh, coming up. But we've got to tell you about Bolin Branch. Um, these guys I love. I, I have fallen in love with this company and their bed sheets. They have reinvented the bedding industry. They sell direct to you from their website. So you, you don't have to go into a fancy department store and pay the fancy department store markup. Yeah, it, which is great. that simple. Um, we're talking about sheets that are made from the highest quality materials. Uh, mm-hmm. And they are, you know, we, uh, you want to talk about a great present for someone who might be getting married. Really? Um, for someone, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, your kids just uh, moved into their first place. They're not. They're probably mm-hmm. not going to buy really nice sheets. What a great Christmas present this yeah. is for them. This is a great um, something that kind of shows you that you actually care. You're there every night. Uh, this right. is a, every night they get into that bed. They're going to be reminded right. about how awesome you are. And you know what some companies do, and they they brag about their thread count. But what they do is take these crappy threads that are are really inferior, and they wind five of them together. And, and that's one thread, or that's five, five threads. threads instead of one, that's right. five threads instead of one. So if they have, let's say they take 400 of those crappy uh, threads, that'll be 2,000 thread count. Because right. they use all five threads that they had to use to make one because they're so bad. And then what happens is you wash them a few times and they come apart. Right. That will not be the case with Bowl and Branch. They're really high quality in organic cotton, and it's just... And there's no pesticides next to your body. It, it's, it just makes your bed a better place it's, to be. Plainly, they're just the top of the line, the best sheets you can buy. And you can mm-hmm. buy them uh, way less, for less, much less cost than you can other places because of the way they run their business. They're going to send them right to you. And they're so confident, they're going to let you try them in your home for 30 nights. Sleep on nice. them. If you love them, keep them. If you don't love them, send them back. Shipping is free. If you're not completely in love, they'll give you a full refund. It's just that easy. So go to bowlandbranch.com and use the promo code blaze to save 50 bucks off your first set of sheets spelled b-o-l-l bowl and branch.com promo code blaze the experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free just like we did for these current web.com customers we've used and, and looked at other website designers but there's nobody better than web.com Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Hello and welcome. Uh, we're going through the list of potential people that might be named. Um, and some of them are really good. Some of them yeah. are fun. Some just interesting. Uh, for Homeland Se- Homeland Security Secretary, these are kind of interesting names. Joe Arpaio, <laughs> sheriff of Maricopa County, formerly. Oh, I think he yeah. just lost. He did. Uh, 
What? You're going to put him in as Homeland Security Secretary? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, th- no. that is not a good uh, appointment at all to me. And, no. and, you know, people will say, well, he's good on the border. And, yes, he, he's obviously strong on the border. But mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we've had him on the show uh, many times, and he's right on some things on the border. But, like, I, you know, the whole birther thing for me is a complete non-starter, um, not to mention several other issues that have, uh, have popped up that we, you know, I just don't think it's a good it's a good uh, it's, it's a good appointment. Now, Sheriff Clark, who is very outspoken as well on many of the same issues, has a much better record uh, than Arpaio does to, in my eyes. Um, Giuliani is another one they're talking about. Uh, Michael McCall is, is kind of more he's he's a been, congressman, but he's a he's sensible. been the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee for quite a while. And you can see that what's going on here. You've got sort of Arpaio and Clark would probably fit into the uh, the Trump. Bannon sort of like yeah. edgy pick. I mean, where Joe like, Arpaio was there from the beginning yep. with Trump. Uh, Giuliani, like you said, Trump bucks. I mean, Giuliani gets one of these roles for sure. Um, he's going to get one of these things. Um, Michael McCall is a more rights pick, right? He's a he's yeah. a seasoned congressman yeah. from Texas. He's been ahead. So of, is Jeff Sessions. And, and so is Jeff Sessions. So one of those two you'd expect. EPA, I'm always interested in because I'm a you know I, I like. And you know this guy, Myron Abel. Myron Abel. He is. Uh, he is. I mean, we've had Chris Horner on the program before. They used to work together both at the same organization. Chris, you know, remember Chris? Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is the guy that they go, they put in the documentaries when they're like, "Look at the the system of denial. Uh, fossil fuels companies are supporting this organization." Like Myron Bell is like the guy they feature in those documentaries when they want to scare you about global warming denialists. So I love that pick. Again, it's one of those where I'm like, uh, Trump. Uh, did this and other Republicans wouldn't. I, I give him credit on that Very because true. the balls I, it takes to put that. that guy in that role would be huge, and I hope he does it. Um, the other other guys I, I hear I don't know necessarily. Um, the U.S. trade representative to me is the opposite side of Trump, um, where he, I will say, is sticking to his campaign uh, promises, but he's putting a guy, Dan D'Amico, is the only guy that they have listed here. He's a former chief executive of Nucor Corporation, a steel production company and a critic of Chinese trade practices. Hmm. So he is, you know, I do not agree with uh, his trade position at all, at all, at all and I've uh, outlined that many times, so I won't bore you with it. But the b- bottom line is he's not backing off of that one, it doesn't seem. For U.N. ambassadors, talking about Kelly Ayotte and Richard Grinnell, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care who we have at the U.N., frankly. I, I hate the U.N. Yeah. Um, CIA director, director of national intelligence, Michael Flynn, again. Uh, Pete Hoekstra, not a huge fan. Uh, Ronald L. Burgess, I don't know. Francis Townsend, uh, I'm, I, I'm not all that familiar with. And then national security advisor, Michael Flynn is up for a lot of these different jobs. Uh, he's going to get one of them. You gotta believe, right? Michael Flynn is going to be a part of the, a yeah, part got, of the administration. He's got to get something. He yeah. was a big loyalist, and again, in a tough time. Um, uh, let's. Uh, if I can move on to something, because I am like people are like, oh well, you know, the election. All you guys do is talk about the election. I don't think it's the problem is talking about the election. I think the problem is talking about the 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 less meaningful election instead of a more meaningful election that I would like to focus on a little bit here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I would like to play this speech from Harry Reid, and then once again have a vote on Grand Nozzle for Douche Hall of Fame. <laughs> All right. Um, and I, did you guys, any, any no objection, objection here. to that, Any no, objection no, to that? No, 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 not at all. Again, right, currently, right now, Donald Trump uh, has been since the primary uh, the Grand Nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, we think, as, as a show, uh, we are giving uh, no, Donald we Trump tried to, We tried to slate. switch that, right, yes. to Hillary, and she didn't no, make we, it. No, I think it was Reed. We, no, it was we back did. to Harry. Yeah, it was back to Harry. We tried it once with Harry. 
But oh. was, again, people were like, well, we haven't even heard it from Harry Reid in a while. Yeah. Maybe they were just a little soft on Yeah, maybe. And he, and he held the, the nozzle for a while. Yes, uh, he did. Previously. previously. Yeah, we think it would be a nice way to send him out. Uh, Harry Reid over the holidays with a douche Hall of Fame grand nozzle appointment. And imagine how, per- how proud he'd be, be. Very proud about it. So proud. And I think, honestly, he's trying to earn it. He made this speech yesterday. <laughs> I, I think, think he's he trying to I get this. Okay. Is. Okay. Um, what is the vote? What is the vote structure here with the uh, with the grand nozzle? Uh, we'll put it up. Seventy or seventy-five. We'll put it up. Seventy-five percent. Seventy-five percent. Should Harry Reid be named the new grand nozzle of the douche Hall we'll, of Fame? We'll take that vote after the video. Yes. Let's watch the video first. Mm-hmm. This is from his speech yesterday about Steve Bannon. Even as we as leaders accept the results of this election, we must also give voice to those who are afraid. Because there are many that are afraid. Mm-hmm. Indeed, a majority of Americans oppose, oppose Donald Trump. Many of my Republican colleagues in this chamber oppose Trump. They weren't alone. Trump will be the first president to take office, having lost a popular vote by 2 million. Democrats have a responsibility to improve the life of Americans, all lives. But we also have other responsibilities. We have responsibility to be the voice of millions of Americans sitting at home, afraid that they're not, on, they're, they're not welcome anymore in Donald Trump's America. Oh, shut up. We have a responsibility <laughs> to prevent Trump's bullying, aggressive behavior from becoming normalized in the eyes of America. Especially the millions of young people who are watching and wondering. For example, if sexual assault is, sexual assault is now a Laughing matter. Blaze.com slash. Every responsibility say that it is not normal for the KKK, Vote Klan, to celebrate the election of the president they view as their champion with the victory parade. They have There's one schedule. He's ill again. In other yeah. words, we have responsibility to lead. If Trump is serious about seeking unity, the first thing he should do is yes. rescind his appointment to Steve Bannon. Rescind him. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. He's okay. off his meds. He's definitely. I mean, he's. I don't think he's ever been on his meds. He's just flat out bat crap crazy. I, I can't stand that guy. I, he's. Um, I'm, I, he's awful. I have some uh, he's additional. Awful. Now, the blaze. Um, slash the feed. Get ready to vote. Yep. Get there now. Like Harry Reid's grand nozzle. I'll give you a couple. Uh, a couple things here uh, about Harry Reid. All right. Um, uh, he uh, claims to be pro-life, yet in 2001, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2011, and 2012, he received 100%, 100%. ratings from the radical abortion activist group NARAL, Pro-Choice America. From now, NARAL. Not, we're not talking about uh, Planned Parenthood. That's from NARAL. Uh, yep. These guys are extremists, and they gave him 100%. Yep. Um, Planned Parenthood <laughs> gave him 83, 89, and 88%. Um, he... Uh, he <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'll tell you. How what does I'm that gonna... happen if you're pro-life? How it, it can't happen if you're pro-life, right? I mean, how does that happen if you're pro-life? It doesn't. It doesn't. He keeps saying that he is, but he's yes. obviously, not. obviously uh, not. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm reading through this. There's a really good uh, outline of this in an, in an article um, done by this site, uh, The Blase, uh, entitled. <laughs> Uh, Harry Reid is the worst living human being on the planet. <laughs> uh, the author of this article is uh, Pat Gray. Right. Um, and, has that been uh, updated lately? Uh, it has for been. a while. It, it was not updated with anything no. he's done recently. Uh, although he, he deserves every little... Uh, yes, he, he does. He certainly yeah. deserves an update. Well, and don't forget, this is the guy who, in 2012, said, I got a call in my office that said that Mitt Romney hasn't paid his taxes in 10 years, 
And then he said, it's out there. He's got to answer for it. What? Because you got a call in your office? Which, by the way, the next day the New York Times said was bull crap. Mm-hmm. And then he was asked about it just, uh, what, a year ago. And they said, well, what about that thing you said about, uh, about Mitt Romney? It wasn't true. None of it was true. It was like McCarthyism. Well, call it what you want. Uh, Mitt Romney didn't win, did he? <laughs> okay, so you just lied, and he didn't. No, he didn't win because it maybe in part because of your big fat stinking lie. Yeah, and, uh, ah, what a and he was saying that's what he was bragging about. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and, and for his efforts, Harry Reid will walk out of the Senate with between three and ten million dollars, and that that number is a couple of uh, of couple of years old. In 2012, Harry Reid made Judicial mm. Watch's ten uh, most wanted corrupt politicians list again. Not the first time. He made it again in 2013. Um, he uh, he secured tens of millions of dollars worth of deals for his sons and their clients, including the Chinese yeah, Green Energy Group, securing $21.5 million to build a bridge over a Colorado River from a gambling town in Nevada to a town in Arizona where Harry owns 160 acres of undeveloped land. Um, an alleged $600,000 bribery deal. There was also the issue with his jewelry where he, he took campaign donations and funneled them to his daughter's home jewelry company oh, that's right, yeah. for like $30,000 mm-hmm. because he was giving those away as gifts to donors. So he was taking donor money, mm-hmm. giving them to his daughter, and then selling that, uh, giving that jewelry to his donors. Is that in there? I think that, I don't that know might I... be in there. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's been a while since I wrote it. But the guy, his land deals alone are so sleazy and, and skanky that, I mean, it, it, it's not... It's not it's not a surprise that he's continually voted one of the most corrupt politicians in America. Uh, yep. So, with that said, get ready. Theblaze.com slash the feed. Do we have it? Do we have it all set? We are ready to rock and roll. Should right. Harry Reid be the grand nozzle of the douche Hall of Fame? And where do they go again to vote on that? Theblaze.com slash the feed. Get there now. All right. All right. We begin the voting right now. Are we going to break? Yeah, you put we... the break music on, so we thought you were going to break. Okay, so, so now, okay, okay, we're not going to break now. We're waiting for the break. Cool. No. We've got music now for your... Uh, for your... I will say, I don't know how these two people are going to vote, but these two comments on the feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one uh, was, uh, I would never wish death upon anyone. Harry is really tempting me. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Harry Reid equals the douche whisperer. Yeah, he kind of is. I like that. Um, now, remember... The Douche Hall of Fame Grand Nozzle is a very important position. It's not something you take lightly. You don't throw around <laughs> uh, strange accusations or whimsically vote. No, we want right. you to do your research on this, but I think you know enough about Harry Reid. Will he be the Grand Nozzle of the Douche Hall of Fame? He needs 75% of the vote to achieve that incredible honor and, and sail into the sunset from the Senate uh, with something that befits his term and his, his term of leadership. I can't remember. Did, did a Republican or Democrat take his seat? Uh, in Nevada. A Democrat. A Democrat did yeah. in that seat. They were saying that the one thing that held up throughout this election, even with Trump's victory and turning over all these things, right, was, was Harry, the, the Harry Reid machine yeah. in Nevada. Oh, uh, that she, is. She held, she, uh, Clinton held Nevada, uh, even in that mm. environment, uh, which was supposed to be a very close state. Wow. And um, uh, Cortez, I can't think of her, I can't think of her full name. Cortez, it's a double name, I can't think of it, beat Joe Heck for that Senate seat, which was a very tight race. Mm. And they got the turnout to happen. Um, we go now to Jeffy, who is uh, making some calculations with a pen and paper, even though this is a digital process. Um, and Jeffy, 
Do they seventy-five percent? I've got to carry something. the one here. Hold on. Okay, right. yeah, it just says a number on the screen. <laughs> uh, Harry Reid, should he be the new Grand Nozzle of oh. the Douche Hall of Fame? I'm so nervous. Uh, there were yes votes and there were no votes. Thank we you have, for that. That's great. We, we know that. That's a great piece of background <laughs> Thank information. Thank you. Let you know. We're going for seventy-five percent. Yes is the question. Correct. Eighty-nine percent. All right. Percent. Eighty-nine percent. We have a new grand nozzle of the Jewish Hall of Fame. What an incredible honor! And I got to say, Pat, I think Mm. your article, written back in 2014, may have been the difference. It was. It was that. Mm. It was an important piece of literature. I mean, it's out there. Very proud. Mm -hmm. It's out there now. He has chance for it. Uh, All right, more Pat and Stu coming up. This time we mean it. Sort of. Triple eight seven two seven. Beck, uh, Megan Kelly has revealed uh, some of the advances that we've heard about, uh, sort of in general terms, uh, previously, and, and now she she's gotten more specific in the, in her new book. And she told uh, George Snuffleupagus at ABC that he tried to kiss her three times uh, at one point, and when she rejected that, he asked her when it, when her contract was up which is kind of chilling. Um, she was, uh, we had her on, on the radio show uh, this morning, and she was, she was fascinating. She talked about uh, really being bullied when she was in seventh grade. For some reason, all her friends dumped her, all of a sudden up and dumped her. And then they were... Uh, Did you want to uh, comment on that, Jeff? Quite nasty. Or what that's like? Yeah, I mean, first of all, <laughs> Megan Kelly saying that she was overweight or fat mm-hmm. uh, as a kid. Uh, she was overweight, what, in the designer clothes section? There's no way that was true. I mean, no that, this happens. Uh, it people. could be. They yeah. Are. I mean, I, and I will say it's this. possible. I mean, it just shows the cruelty of it. I mean, I, uh, the, the idea that you would call someone overweight uh, is right. so, it's just, it, right. it's, it's just, just unkind. I like how you guys, oh, that's so bad It's for unkind. Her. So, that is bad I feel really her. bad for her. And so, I think that, that so should bad. not happen. It should not <laughs> no, happen. You don't want anybody bullied. Her. We've stood up against. I can't believe people do that. Right. Oh, We've been up against look. bullying from the beginning. I think everybody knows From that. the start. Um, and, uh, you know, look, uh, you know, people who. Oh, it must be nice that? going back to the reunion. You uh, can show, shut up. Can we get a close up here of, uh, of the, uh, you know, photo here? Uh, <laughs> not of Jeffy? No, not of Jeffy. Of, I mean, you can't tell the difference, yeah. but... If, this is the best revenge on those seventh grade biatches. <laughs> yes. Right she, there. That's she, the best revenge. Right there. She wins. Right there. Yes, now, we do have yes. a winner. No more calls, please. We do have a winner. Well, she was and able it's to Megan a, Kelly. And she was able to achieve uh, significant things in her life. And I mean, in the, op- the opposite side of And now she makes... This. I think right now she's making nine or ten million a year. Yeah. Uh, and no, let's do finish because he's... <laughs> But this guy, no, I'm going to. I'm going to. I really should have known he's going right back to you. All right, go ahead. Are you upset that I'm no, going back to you? No, no. I was going to say that's the opposite side. Megan Kelly, which achieved a lot, and then and then the other side of that equation is this. You know. Oh, that's where you were going. Oh yeah, it's man. Just this, uh, yeah, I didn't see that coming. 
it's it's, it's the <laughs> eternal disappointment of that last shot. You know, the, can we compare the, the shots the, again? The, there's one. There's one. And, and there's, an, so, yeah, and there's the, the other. <laughs> See, there's a difference there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Are those even the same species? No. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> one side of this uh, was able to, to take a, a negative uh, interaction and turn it uh-huh. into something positive. And then there's you. Well, some people handle bullying better than others. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, it was interesting to hear that. You never, this is every, like, supermodel story, though, isn't it? Oh, I was so fat as a kid. Uh, yeah, I weighed 18 pounds when I was supposed to weigh 17 pounds. Right. Uh, and then I got over it. Uh, usually that's the case. There's Usually these I was a fat as a kid stories are not actually accurate. I don't have any evidence of, I don't know if she was I don't fat. either. I, I've never seen pictures, but. But there is a, you know, th- th- this happens. This is cruel school children do this to each other in which, you know, mm-hmm. you, you sit down at the lunch table. Everyone's sitting around. There's one empty seat. That person sits down and everyone gets up and walks away. That was yeah. one that used to, that used to happen in our lunchroom quite a bit. Sadly, uh, sadly, I was a participant in it, not not the victim. So I don't have any good stories to tell you about it. Although you, you feel terrible about that sort of stuff as you grow, grow older. Oh man! Wait, you were the participant in bullying someone? Um, Is that did I just hear that right? I'm sorry, I was busy typing up know, a congratulatory tweet to Harry Reid. I just heard you participated in bullying. Not really. No, I, I was. Mean, that, I was. I was a that little sounds bit. something that couldn't happen. Yeah, you know, you're right, Jeffrey. You. I, it's, it's, it's an exaggeration. But still, you know, <laughs> looking back, I'm not proud of everything that I did as, as a child. You know, I mean, you grow older, you get smarter, you realize the real trash of society, and you point that out instead of just people who are innocent children. Right, that's you right. find the real trash and awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he waves. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, it's a weird thing that kids do to each other. It's terrible. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, you hate that that is part of uh, life. And But, I mean... This is a point that we've made a million times. Megan Kelly took something that was really negative in her life and was able to turn it into something positive. Why? Because she didn't right. let it beat her to into the ground. Right. This is this, everyone goes through these things in their lives. I mean, um, it was so bad at one point that she said all her friends abandoned her, and then they, you know, do things like trip her in the hall and make fun of her and mock her and whatever. And then they had this huge party at, at her best friend's house, her former best friend's house. Everybody was there, and they called, the best friend called her on the phone and said, hey, you know who's here right now? Because she was at home alone with her parents, and everybody else was at this party. Want to know who's here right now? And then everybody screamed into the phone, everyone, obviously except for her. I mean, really cruel, kind of nasty stuff like that, that, and she obviously overcame it. And now she makes or will make on this next contract at least $20 million, because that's the offer on the table. Uh, and they're probably not. She, uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's a tough. She is in a great position because she's obviously look. You know, you might not like her because you like Trump or you like, didn't like the way she handled some of the things in the campaign. I honestly think she did a pretty good job. But, I do too. Uh, you know, to be perfectly if honest. If anything, right? in that second interview, I thought she was too easy on him. Right. And so, I mean, I think there. But beyond that, um, she is. She should be able to write her own ticket right now. She's. She's. Peaking at the right time when her mm-hmm. um, when her contract is up, uh, there is some speculation that she is because of Trump's win on the wrong side of tr- uh, of Fox, on the wrong side of Fox, on the wrong side of Fox's audience, um, mm-hmm. because they want Trump to be really powerful, and she's seen as this anti-Trump figure. I mean, it's similar to what you know in some ways that what we're going through. In that, you know, a lot of people, you know, we've seen we've had great messages from people who were 
um, very pro-Trump and did not agree with us during the uh, primaries and are like, you know, I'm, first of all, uh, you know, I was, I'm sorry for being so hard on you guys. Second of all, I'm really happy to see you're giving him a clean slate here as we go into the presidency and judge him on his actions. And that's all they ask for. And that's great. Um, however, there's going to be a, an element of, of uh, people, a group of Trump supporters that are so hardcore Trump, they're not going to be able to forgive mm-hmm. what they see as this traitorous sort of activity, which, you know, uh, t- to me, that's patently absurd. But whatever. If you're not going to come back, you're not going to come back. I really don't care. I don't come in here to pander to people so that we can try to win uh, viewers. And I know some stations don't like that. And some some people who are involved uh, at Fox, I'm sure, also want people on the air saying really nice things about Trump 24-7. But they never did that before. They didn't do that for Bush. There was always critics of Bush on Fox. There's always critics of Cruz on Fox. There's always people. There's You have to show at least some level of diversification of thought. You know, I don't like I don't want to hear whiny liberals coming on and telling me about how Donald Trump is bad because he wants to lower taxes. Like, I don't need that mm-hmm. viewpoint. I got it. I understand where they're coming from. I, I just think they're wrong. And that doesn't challenge me at all. I'd much rather hear from, you know, Sheriff Clark, who likes Trump, and I agree with on a lot of things, and here's his reasons he likes Trump. I, I, that's, that's much more um, beneficial to me and more, more, much more interesting to me. So, you know, we'll see if that happens. I, 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 I'm sure she's such a, an asset to that company that I'm sure they will pay her what she needs. Um, and, and they probably will try to keep her. But the question is, does she want to stay? Yeah, know. we'll see. Triple eight seven two seven back. More Pat and Stu coming up. from New Zealand. Um, I mean, it's, it's a cool story that's surrounded by some awful, uh, awful, humble things. But a 7.8 uh, magnitude earthquake happened in New Zealand. Yeah, that just, on it's, the it's face, doesn't seem It's cool. a bad start. But just yeah. like San, San Andreas, yes, millions and millions of people died, but this one family of really in shape people survived. <laughs> so there's a, uh, there's a real upside, <laughs> which I thought it, was great. That's the rock movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah. I liked it. I thought I, it was fun. I, yeah. It was ridiculous, but it was fun. Ridiculous. Uh, but uh, here is, uh, here's some video of it. I like These how are... he just happened to be flying by the building that his wife was about to fall off of. Yes. <laughs> in <laughs> look, a helicopter. Uh, look, it, things sometimes, <laughs> things sometimes they bounce your, the ball bounces your way, right? <laughs> right. Uh, real quick, right. let's do this. This is a video of a couple of cows who were in New Zealand, I guess, grazing. Okay. And then the earthquake hit, and this is how it left them. Oh, no. Like, actually, three cows stranded in the middle oh, of this gosh. grass patch with nowhere to go. Everything collapsed around them? Everything collapsed around them. Now, this is, the amazing part is they actually saved these three cows. They were actually able to save them. Um, and somehow they survive a, a horrific earthquake. Uh, so did they just put just like a strap? Them. They just strapped them and, yeah. and helicoptered them out. Yeah. Well, all the stuff going on, they had time to save the cows, <laughs> which they probably then went and ate like three weeks later. Yeah. But uh, hey, uh, good good for you guys. They they were able to survive that. That's which is great. it's kind of a cool story. Yeah, it right? is kind of cool. I don't know. I mean, that would not be. You would not want that to happen to you. And cows are. No. You know, look, they're not going to be able to find a way out of that situation. Cows are people too. Except, no. Except they're not. They're not. They're not at all. They're not people. Zero percent of them are no. people. No. Right. Um, so. Unless they've eaten the person. 
then some percentage of them would be... Well, they uh, say you are what you eat. Right. So oh, they're vegetarians, and they're not vegetables. That's so why we've often referred to Jeffy as a cow. Oh, um, that's right. See, oh, wow. <laughs> they see that first. That was quarterly. That was almost bullying. You know? It is uh, Pat and Stu. Welcome. Hi. Hi. You're going to be a surprise to hear this um, by our appearance, I think. Um, mm. But we actually didn't get into this to get in, uh, into television. It's not our, uh, it's not yeah. our desire. No. Um, and you look at us mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute, you guys look like you're built. I mean, <laughs> you are the perfect television physiques. Right. TV, uh, TV you're ready. Like, you're for hot, sure. Hot, right? sexy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what but people no. say to us all the time. And, and the answer to that, um, well, no. Mm. No, not even, no. We actually got into this for radio, and we love radio. Um, all three of us uh, come from a radio background, um, mm-hmm. and uh, all three of us love radio. No I mean, question. We, you know, we all grew up listening to it, and have all had a real passion for not only just radio, but talk radio as well for a really long time. And it's weird to kind of go into, people used to say radio is dead. And it's a ridiculous thing to say because it still brings in multiple no billions of dollars. It's still, what was that study that we saw a couple of years ago, Pat, where it was still the most, uh, most had the furthest reach. Yeah, the furthest yeah. reach of any medium still. Still number one. Yeah, because people, uh, you know, do it in their cars. Even over day. television. Mm-hmm. Even over the internet. Yeah. They were crying still number it. one. The, the newer cars that come with uh, just a satellite without actual radios, people were pissed. Yeah, they're pissed. Because, yeah. You know, yeah, and people like radio, and of course, radio is on satellite and it is on on the internet. I mean, it, it's a it's a way of, of of getting information to you, and it's a way of entertaining you, and it's a way of uh, I don't know relating to. I mean, it's a lot of people have it as a, um, it's you have a real close relationship with the hosts that you like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the uh, the movie talk radio was filmed in these studios. Um, and the, I, we, we walk by the poster all the time because it's out in our hallway. And it says something like, the, the last neighborhood in America. Talk radio, the last mm. neighborhood in America. And it's like, that, in a way, it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a strange thing, but it's really just the radio career has moved into a completely different realm. And that you are just a multi-medium sort of person now. I mean, you know, Mark Levin's got his new, his TV network that he started, Levin TV or whatever it is. He's you've got, uh, you know, the only one who still lives in the old school environment is Rush because he can, you know, he, he doesn't have to do anything else. He could just do his radio show and go home. But everybody else is, you know, you know Laura Ingram's on TV every ten seconds. Yeah. Might be in the Trump administration mm-hmm. now. Everyone's on Twitter. Everyone's on Facebook. You're constantly you you're working on twenty different ways of communicating information yeah. all at once. But it all goes back to that same relationship that you have. Uh, when it comes to radio and really is still, I think, the most intimate relationship you can have with someone in uh, in your uh, audience outside of actually doing what Jeffy does with many of them, um, which is 
really not part of the entertainment process at all. No, it's, it's just it's a whole different thing. But you know, I mean, you know. what? It's just, I mean, it's icky, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest about mm-hmm. it. And, and it's something we've talked to you about multiple times. Oh, so icky can't be entertaining? You are sadly mistaken. It's a fair point, as usual, Jeffy. <laughs> uh, Glenn uh, is a huge, I mean, it, you know, uh, he's a radio his, you know, history guy. He loves it. Um, and he's, you know, talked about it for many years on the air. And he went back to kind of the beginning of radio and the way it sort of developed and, t- and turned into what it became over, over really an entire century. Watch. World War I hits, and all the doughboys, that's why they, that's what they called the U.S. military recruits, and surprisingly, me. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, they call them doughboys, and um, Sarnoff says, I gotta go and fight. But he is so important to Marconi and wireless, and America, the government understands. There's something to wireless and these messages. We can't lose Marconi. And Marconi says, I have to have Sarnoff. So he becomes the chief inspector um, at Marconi uh, Wireless. 1916, working for Marconi, he has the idea that we can change things. And he writes this this letter or this memo called um, the Music Box um, Memo. And he says in it, I have in my mind a plan of development which would make radio a household utility in the same sense as the piano or the photograph. The the idea is to bring music into the house by wireless. What a shocking idea! While it's been tried in the past with wires, wires just don't work. Radio, however, it would seem bringing music into the house would be feasible. Now think of this. Nobody had music. Nobody had spoken word. Nobody had anything. If you wanted excitement, you'd gather around and hope to dear Jesus that your mom or dad were good at reading a book or the Bible out loud. And that was a good time. These are in the days when Monopoly was fun. That's how bleak it was for Um, He said, um, we're going to sell them for about $75 per radio. And aside from the profit, um, the the idea of advertising would be tremendous. Now, this is a rewriting of history. He had no idea on advertising. His idea was that they would sell the radios and then out of the money from the radio... They would then produce shows or produce music for people to hear. And, and that was the first idea. Nobody had any idea about advertising. In fact, lots of people claim to have the first advertising. The story that I like on the first advertisement was a mistake. And, um, I think it was a guy who actually worked for Sarnoff later, sort of, Roxy, the guy who built Radio City Music Hall. Um, he was a, a stage guy and he was doing a radio broadcast of a play and nobody had ever done play by play before. Nobody had ever, nobody had ever done descriptive scenes. The play was running a few minutes late. The stage had already been set. The crowd was starting to get a little restless. They were on the radio. He had to say something and he said, let me tell you a little bit about the set and what it looks like. 
There's a couch and a table and a lamp, and there's this beautiful carpet and the pillows on this. In fact, I was just walking by、um, Gimbel's, the department store today, and it's the exact set that is in the window there. If you've happened to see that, and oh, here come the actors. Let's listen in. That is actually the germ of the first radio commercial, and it wasn't a radio. Nobody was paying for it at that time. But the next morning, there was a line around the block to see that furniture set, and that's when everybody went, "Wait a minute! Wow, that's a good idea." So he didn't have any idea about actually、um, selling advertisement at the time, but he was the guy who said, "Let's have spoken word and music." Meanwhile, Howard Armstrong, he goes in. And he enlists,、um, and he joins the、uh, army, and he goes to the Signal Corps in、um, the laboratory, the U.S. laboratories in in Paris, and he invents the super heterodyne circuit. <laughs> and I'm、uh, I'm going to pretend that I don't know what the super heterodyne circuit does, just to make you feel a little better, um, <laughs> but. Um, Anyway,、um, so he invents that, and um, he um, he has he starts to play a,、um, a a really important role in in something that we will later know as FM, EM, and radar, and he comes up with this way of amplifying and、um, uh, and receiving and converting EM. Signals. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can't be weighed down with all. You're going to have to look up EM signals yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a burden it is to be to have it all appear like that.、Um, World War World War One is over, and now Marconi is with RCA. RCA run now by Sarnoff. He's RCA's commercial、um, manager. RCA is the Radio Corporation of America. Guess what? Sarnoff has his way. The little music box—they're starting to produce radios. Guess who else benefits from this? Our hero, Howard Armstrong. He's now selling these Audion tubes like crazy, and he's—he's he's selling them、um, and selling the patents on his、uh, circuits. And in his twenties. He's a millionaire, and he's taking all of that money and he's plowing it into his own research there in the basement of of Columbia, and he has this idea because I, I don't know if you've last time you've listened to an AM radio, but it's agonizing. In a storm, you hear the static of the crap crack during a storm. You go into a bridge. And the most important thing you could possibly hear today is speed up to get to the other side of the bridge because the audio is gone because the signal has been lost because of the obstruction. How do you how do you make it clear? How do you get rid of the static? How do you make it so a bridge doesn't make it go away? He starts working on this. Still, radio is not popular. 
but RCA has started up. They're starting to make radios. And because Sarnoff was a genius, he knew if you're going to have radio, you got to have something to put on radio. You got to get something that people want to buy. For instance, you know, you're not going to buy Netflix if they didn't have any good shows on it. So he, this is Netflix. This is radio. How do I get? We have to produce great shows. And he produced a huge, huge hit. It was the broadcast of the Jack Dempsey fight, 1921. Overnight sensation. In the next three years, RCA sells more than $80 million of radio sets. Imagine, in the 1920s, $80 million. RCA knows if we're going to have, if we're going to sell radios, we have to have something to put on the radio, so they form another company you might have heard of, NBC. <coughs> I've not watched I, any I haven't heard of NBC. Have you? I, I don't you know might have heard of it. He didn't say you definitely Yeah, I haven't. Okay. So. I don't know why you needed to clarify that. He allowed for both <laughs> possibilities. Um, yeah, if you're not watching those shows, they're great. I mean, you, you want to get a, a cool picture of history and see mm-hmm. the background of, of, of all these stories that you kind of know. I mean, this is one of the things we've been talking about for a long time. It can't all be about politics. It can't all be about who the president is. It can't all be about that. You need to be able to, to, to branch out and reach people in other ways and teach people real history because, man, if there isn't an effort to get to, uh, to push the true history of our country uh, you know, down the, down, the, down, the, down the hill, I mean, it's, it, it is not, a, uh, it's not, a, it's not something to seem to be proud of anymore. And look. Glenn's sick and tired of talking about politics anyway, as, yes. as are, I think, all of us. And, and he, he has such a passion for this stuff, that, and it comes through, and so it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, and it's, mm-hmm. it's fun to experience. So these are great shows, and it's called History, and that's on, is it twice a week? Or? Once a week for that, once, once a week, week for, for the that, vault. and once a week for the vault, mm-hmm. and then uh, three times a week for something else. Three times a week for uh, uh, Geritol commercials. Spoons. Actually, we need to get spoons to be at least four times a week. Easy. I, I just feel uh, like, like I'm, every day. I feel like, I feel like I'm day. just wasting away. You know. Oh my gosh, we're both just like. It's like people are like, "What is wrong with them? If we turn sideways, no one would see us. No, that's why we have to make sure no we're always one. facing the camera. <laughs> you know, because we're just so. Uh, it is so ridiculous how outrageously fat I've got. <laughs> I mean, now you're not hearing that on a lot of I, national no, TV shows. No, you're, you're not. not. You're not. You're no, you are not. But that's the God's honest truth, <laughs> oh, right there. I just have got to stop. I've been telling myself that all week, and I haven't yet. But today, oh, the good thing is, though, by Pat, all that is holy, <laughs> is the day I stop. The good thing, Pat, yes, is the next week is Thanksgiving, so there's no food. Ah! <laughs> See, but I do this every year going into the holidays. Yeah. I do it. Every freaking year going into the holidays for some reason. And lose and a it, bunch of weight so you're Yes, and, and my wife is cooking all this stuff for Christmas, and I'm trying to avoid it and, and kind of not and sort of doing it and sort of not and feeling guilty the whole time. And It's at that one point, uh, seriously, it's tough. At one point, you just have to give up. And say, well, that's what I did the last yeah, year, and look where you know, it got you me. You just go. You just at one point you go. <laughs> look, stop feeling guilty. Eat. Yeah, I know. I see. I like that. I'd rather be super restrictive on some days, and mm-hmm. then stop feeling guilty. Just, just not care at all on the days I really want to eat, rather than like do this thing because every diet tells you the same thing, which is like 
trim nine calories yeah. per day for 75 years, you'll lose eight pounds. You're like, hey, well, that sounds terrible. And I don't have that sort it of stamina. It does sound I, terrible. Unlike Donald Trump, I do not have the stamina. Uh, I am, mm-hmm. I am uh, you know, uh, just like Hillary Clinton in this regard. Um, I, it's like I just, you know, I, I am much better at, like, hardcore follow, like, some crazy thing for a couple weeks and then blow it. That's what I, I have to realize that about mm-hmm. myself. So like the past, I, I went on, you know, I did really well for a few months yeah. and the last month or so has been not good. And I could feel I'm, I'm losing control. And I, I started this week and I'm like, Thanksgiving's next week. All right. I, we are mm-hmm. one week away from fundamentally transforming back into a fattest person <laughs> alive. I need this. We- this has to mm-hmm. be the week. I've got to stop eating Every meal as if it were already Thanksgiving. And really, um, I eat every meal as if it's my last. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I need to stop that, probably. Uh-huh. And if I was reasonable this week leading up to Thanksgiving and then just ate, you know, a normal Thanksgiving day and the mm. day after, maybe. Yep. And then, and then just say no. It. But I've lost all somewhere along the way. I know. I lost every ounce of willpower. I, I just, have. you know, it's every a, ounce. It's amazing. Gone. I, I was telling somebody this the other day. I just don't care. I know. Like, I don't know how to describe that. It's just like there's not any amount of passion in me to, to have any self-control. What point do you care, though? Now, mm. We've talked, you know, we've talked about this. It's been a heavy thought on my part for many, many years. At what point do you care, though? Because, yeah, right. like, I just saw the picture of, you know, the guy that had, in Mexico, that hadn't left his house in six years. He hadn't left his bed in six years. Uh, you know, he's 1,100 pounds. I mean, they're giving him a special ambulance. They're taking him to a That's hospital. Tough. He's going to, he's going to be looking at, he, you know, it's, it's I am 12 sad. pounds under that right now. Yeah. I know, right? I'm, 12 I'm pounds just saying, under at what that. point do you, I mean, I, for me, I it was, for me, it was 400 pounds. I never, if I would have cro- ever crossed over 400 pounds, I, and I'm not, and I'm not yeah, no. close. To, if I you were at 398, were you? Yeah, I was in the 390s <laughs> at one time. And, <laughs> and if I would have ever crossed over 400, 400 was the no, line. But there is a mental <laughs> 400 thing. 400 was the line. If I, if I would have stepped on the scale and it would that have been, been at 400.2. That would have been it? Or 402. You yeah, just then, go for it at I that think, point. I think then you're just like, feed me chickens and... and, and, and <laughs> feed me chickens? Yeah. Yeah, just, feed me, feed me chickens. Feed me like, chickens. Okay, like just they just uh, they just, just feed me chickens and wipe me off. Do I they? Don't care. <laughs> wipe you off. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. Because <laughs> I mean, no, thank so, you. there is a charm to that life. I gotta yeah. admit. I mean, there is a charm to being in your bed until you weigh eleven hundred pounds. And they gotta take yeah. a, cra- a crane out. I mean, well, well, it doesn't seem that charming to me. Well, after a while, you know, no, yeah, after a it while. really doesn't. But the first part of it is charming because you get that's the build up to the not being yeah. able to get out right the uh-huh. first the build up of a couple of days in the bed without mm-hmm. moving and then getting up and hosing yourself off and and then maybe you're in there around. for 3 days next time yeah yeah you know i mean it's a build. you don't just work up to never getting out of bed right you got to right. you got to do it at a time period yeah, yeah. it's really is it's it's an endurance test and i, I don't know <laughs> And there's a, a little it's, something to admire I, there, maybe. The, there is, and people who can aside, commit though, to I that see life. Them, I see them, the guy getting out of the house and everything. It's been six years. It's, it's so rough to watch. heartbreaking. Yeah, uh, it really I, is. Because, I, I mean, you really right. give it up on it. Right. Uh, That's what, sad. What is your current uh, situation, if we may ask? Like, I mean, not, I'm, not, not, I'm not close to 400 way. pounds. No, no but seriously, are you doing well right now? Oh, Pat. 
I what what's helped you're me not is doing going well. to the gym every day okay. and working out. <laughs> well, you've, you've gone through you. really good stretches of eating right really and losing weight. And it's I, hard. Though. I've I've been a, I go through a really good stretch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get you got to get like seven, eight days under your belt, right. and then you're good. Mm-hmm. The then, stretch is then good. You're, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I have been doing stretches of about four or five, mm-hmm. and then you lose it. At weekends? Is that where you're losing it? I got to, yeah, man. It's, I mean, it's mm. tough at your house, too, because your wife makes the most delicious food, <laughs> and a lot of it, and it, it like... And she likes you to be fatter than it. you are. She likes that. You're not going to be that good. I mean, how many wives like that? Where ah, I wouldn't mind if you're fatter. I've uh, never heard those words come out of my wife. No, I, have not I really like it when you're fatter than yeah. this. Of course, there's never been a time when I've been fatter than this. <laughs> so she wouldn't have opportunity to say that. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the rock uh, here. Because you, what you want is to be really disciplined uh, like mm-hmm. throughout the summer months leading up to this time of year. Yeah, so and you can splurge you can a little bit. You can splurge a little bit. Yeah. But this is danger because I am on the wrong side of history right now. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm entering into the most deadly part of the year. I know. Yeah. Where, and, and this is a weird thing. It's but the it's, most deadly part of the year. Thanksgiving, right? So, so Thanksgiving, and I always wipe out that whole weekend in my head. Thursday to Monday. Like Thursday to Sunday is gone for me, mm-hmm. right? Um, so then you come back on Monday, but we uh, next week it's uh, we're on vacation, so it's not Thursday to Sunday. It is it's Saturday Mon- to Sunday, yeah. right? It's the whole it, well, we, and especially since we have that gala on Saturday night, which oh. you know hopefully we'll see some of you there. Yeah, at the uh, gala that's coming up for Mercury One. What do we have to wear to that thing? Uh, it's just it's tuxedos. like suit and tie. Okay, cool. Tux suit and tie. You have to wear a tuxedo. That's tux. what okay. they said. Um, so uh, yeah, that's coming up. So that's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, then you've got uh, the whole week <laughs> leading up to it. I'm, go- yeah. I'm going away for a night. That's going to be a disaster. Yeah. You come back. Then you've got uh, we've got uh, Chris. Uh, we've got uh, Thanksgiving. And then that whole weekend till Sunday is a disaster. Then yep. you come back, all right, where I'll come off a of vacation. We've got three weeks that we're here. And then we're off for Christmas vacation. Those are going to have to be hardcore weeks. Hardcore weeks. Hardcore. Where I don't want to see a donut. I don't, I yeah. don't want to see. But this is the time you'll see all the donuts. Yes, you'll, I know. See the, you'll see the candy. You'll see the cookies. You'll see all the worst stuff that society has to make us fatter. Stupid mm-hmm. cookie party for it. A year, and then every weekend is filled with with stuff like that. Now Jeffy throws this cookie party every year, which of course you'd expect. No, I, I don't. My wife does. Is that for the kids? Is that what that is? I keep getting these emails. I'm like, well, she's why get, am I getting cookie party emails all the once time? For not getting an email. That's no, I why. Didn't. So I was kidding. Well, yeah. it is fun. <laughs> I will say it's fun because uh, you, you're, yes, there are kids there. However, all oh, you do okay. is eat the entire time. <laughs> yeah, they make cookies. You. I eat. don't want. To, I'll not be there, Jeffy. Just. Just to let you down. Yeah. One one but thing Pat, though. Yes. Plenty of food. No, thank you. No, I won't, I'll not be there. But then you've got Christmas, Pat. Then New Year's. <laughs> I right? know. We're on vacation, which is all automatically a disaster. Then we, and this is the part that kills me every year. Um, I, you come back, and you're then you've got a month after the first, and you're like, oh, I can do this now. Yeah. And then a month later, I've got Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. Now, Super Bowl weekend Why is, that is a, a complete deal? disaster. And right. here's what happens to me. January is so depressing. All I want to do is eat. Yep. 
<laughs> and then February, Stop. March, April, May, June, July, August, September, and October are Same terrible. Same thing, yes. And then I start feeling good, and then it's Valentine's Day, and there's okay. chocolate everywhere. And that's why What we're, we're saying is we're fat. Yeah. That's what we're saying. But one, one other thing is certain, in, in addition to that fact, yes. uh, and that's a, there's probably some changes coming. Yep. You know, it, it feels like something is brewing. I don't know if it's going to be economic. I, I, I don't know if there's going to be, none of us know about, you know, um, God events. Like hurricanes and yep. tornadoes and all of that stuff, but you want to be prepared for whatever. And there are only two reliable ways to store food. One is how we're doing it, with fat cells. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you have enough fat cells, you can last a little bit longer <laughs> than some of your other people. But the other way to do it is My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply has a great offer, as you can see right here, 99 bucks for four weeks of emergency food. And it's not just emergency food. You know, we always say emergency food supply. Yes, that's the functional side of it. But, you know, you're, I think what pops into your head when you say that term is like, well, it's cardboard that you can actually consume and theoretically stay alive on. You're right. Not, not at all. That. No, this is macaroni not and cheese. This is, this is chocolate pudding. Yeah. This is a delicious breakfast food. Pizza. Pe- emergency pizza. pizza. Emergency pizza. Ask and it's really good pizza. pizza. And you can get four weeks of it. For $99. You don't do this the old-fashioned way. At least you don't have to anymore. You can if you want, I guess. Buy the big, bulky barrels and and, uh, containers of wheat and barley and beans and rice and all that stuff. And then when you open them, when you're ready to move or you're ready to use it and rotate it and there's bull weevils all through it, go ahead. You know, go ahead. And then you just dump it out. That's not the case with this because it comes in packages, it it is protected, it is light, it is easy to store, and there's just no better way to do this than my Patriot Supply. And another uh, way to use it is to eat all of it in one day, like we probably would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 25 years it lasts, and it's only 99 bucks. 888-411-5290 is the number. 888-411-5290. Or do it online. Preparewiththeblaze.com. It's preparewiththeblaze.com. The experts at web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, Support and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Here are some stories that Jeffy found and felt like sharing with us so we don't have to talk anymore. Welcome to the Pat and Stu Show and the Jeffy segment. we got a ton of stories for you today, too. We'll start off with electric cars. Uh, if regulations were not uh, were not your favorite part of life, get used to it because there's more regulations to the electric car. The new rule requiring all newly manufactured electric vehicles, 10,000 pounds or less, have to make an audible noise when traveling forward or in reverse at speeds 19 miles per Are hour or less. You so, kidding me? Too quiet. 
They're too quiet. If you're if you're driving slow, oh, God. it's too quiet. You can sneak up on somebody, and we well, need it, to have it is noise. true. I mean, they're noiseless, and it, it, but. That's the, that you was know, the design. They did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. And that was what we all said. One we, of the cool things was, I couldn't even hear it. Come on. I know. But and we listen, thought that was cool. And now it's pre- too dangerous. We have to prevent these vehicles from God. injuring oh, pedestrians and people who are blind. So they, what? They have to create pedestrians? Pedestrians. There people who oh, walk around. Pedestrian. Pedestrian. Are you talking about pedestrians? Pedestrians. pedestrians. We have to... We have to protect pedestrians. Pedestrians and people who are blind. Okay. The strains of pedis. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean. So they're going to have to create uh, fake noise for, with these yeah. cars, right? Yes. And, and I was and reading. Knows, I I was, they, better not be, they better not have the, the backup beep going forward. No. For under 19 miles I think it should be the, 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 the really repetitive song that comes out of ice cream trucks. All the time, whatever you see it. <laughs> that would, that, they can't do that. They'd put. They'd actually make a regulation against that because people would then think the ice cream man was coming to be pissed. <laughs> it's just an electric car. What, um, what I did here was that they're actually creating engine noise. Yeah, that's, that's what they're going to do. Well, they do that already, and then it come. It's pumped out through right. a speaker. Or something. Yeah, they do this that already, right? Some ridiculous. of the some of the newer sports, some of the newer sports cars already do that. Yeah, oh some gosh, of the that's stupid. Some of the non-electric cars do it because yeah. they they want it to sound more badass, which is also not but badass at it all. It doesn't sound that way anymore because they found a way to do that qu- quietly. Right. <laughs> so they want to add the because people like the right, sound. Right. Um, but right. But I mean that is ridiculous. Again, it's ridiculous. I, I wouldn't necessarily have a problem with it if if you know if Tesla decided you know what we want to do this. Because because it's like to, for the government but to, to regulate it, it come is, on it's ridiculous yeah. Yeah. and it's also only silly. in america right silly i mean we, look yes is there an, you know i guess if you're a blind person um this is going to be a bigger issue but of course the person who's driving the car should be supposed to be, be alert yeah yeah they're they're supposed to be seeing things correct um and i don't think any, plus and all the cars now that are doing this Come with that automatic stopping in case you run into a blind person. Right. Well, it stops you. Yeah, I guess if you didn't true. see it. Hey, we're getting yeah, getting closer. closer blind to person that. alert! Blind person alert! <laughs> it's just dumb. maybe that's what it should be. Just Jeffy on a speaker yelling, "Blind persons, look out! Blind <laughs> persons, look out!" <laughs> just yelling really loud at the speakers uh-huh. at the car as you accelerate. Pedestrians! Pedestrians! <laughs> look out! Pedestrians! <laughs> And the driver would be going, pedestrian? What? what the hell is that? As they get run over. What the hell is a pedestrian? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Netflix. We love Netflix. Yes. And we love Disney, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and- rumor has it now Disney thinking about buying Netflix. They'll so, ruin it. Wow. They'll ruin it. They, I mean, that's that's huge. They already, Netflix already has... Uh, the deal for uh, Disney content, right? And they'll they'll continue with all the mm-hmm. Disney content then. That would be the only place that you could get it, which would be huge. And uh, since uh, hmm. Iger is retiring in 18, they figure that they could give the whole kit and caboodle to uh, Hastings, the Netflix Oh, Reed Hastings, yeah. And let him just take over the whole thing. Hmm. Wow. Uh, so they would what, elevate what? him to the head of Disney? Wow. Uh, what's that deal worth, have they said? Uh, no, they have not. But they're just thinking about. Yes, that's uh, that's all on the table. If you're yes. Netflix, I guess you're probably pretty psyched about that. But is there nothing Disney isn't going to own? I know. I, I don't like this trend, and you know, I'm not a government uh, regulation guy. But I will say, <laughs> if there's one government regulation I've always been a fan of, it's it's the limitation on on the amount of radio stations you can own. The 
the amount of television stations you can own and all of that. Because once they did away with that, the industry was revolutionized overnight and it completely changed and not for the better. In my opinion, well, I, it, it eliminated. There's an argument to that. It too. eliminated thousands of jobs, thousands of jobs, and it was just, it was too bad. And uh, you know, I guess people have found jobs doing other things. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah, I mean, it, the um, industry has obviously changed quite a bit over the years. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I tend to favor those, you know, freeing that stuff up. But I mean, I, I you know, I know that I certainly it's know. It's been a tough one. It's yeah, yes. it has been. But I mean, this is. I think it's tough. Sometimes on a lot of these, I think a lot of this was what connected with Trump voters, right? I mean, like I think a lot of people were like, right. you know, uh, Dom Theodore, who's uh, who you know runs our radio division, meant, uh, mentioned uh, this story the other uh, the, day, the other day on radio, which was he had he had somebody he knew who was worked at a seatbelt manufacturing company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they moved the company to Mexico, but before they did oh, it, they made him go that. down to Mexico, train the workers that would replace him, and then fired him. I mean, that's sort of. That's sort of that's tough for people to take. Now, economically, mm-hmm. as as a country, those things actually aren't bad. I know it's hard for people to understand that, but in the end, those things actually wind up helping economies. Um, but it's difficult to go through those times. Well, it's, a, well, it's a long road right. too. I mean, my, exactly. my stepdad mm-hmm. was a plant superintendent for General Motors for a bunch of years, and he was going to Canada pre those seatbelt manufacturers to look for places to build and have the factories and down in Mexico for the factories. And he, at that time, that was, you know, I don't know, 80s, 90s, because he he got out early as he could after the 90s. They were sending him there and he was saying, it's the beginning of the end, beginning of the end. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, and, you know, uh, people say to us sometimes, well, you guys are just disconnected. You guys don't understand it. And there is a disconnect there, I think, between... The, the disconnect is a weird one, though. It's a disconnect between economics and emotion. And, I, you know, my belief has always been that we as conservatives would favor economic arguments over mm-hmm. emotional ones. And I think it's not to say that because that isn't a, it's a real thing. You go and you have a job for 30 years and you think you're going to retire with it. Right. Um, you know, you get to the point where you think it's yours. It's your job. You're going to have it forever. And then they take it away from you. Um, in reality, like these, this is what a dynamic economy does. It changes mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. We always look back at the old timey days. Oh, you're, you're driving a horse cover, you know, horse drawn carriage, you loser. Realize there's a car. Well, you know, a lot of these things uh, are in that relationship. Yeah, they are. You know, um, they are innovations. They are cost cutting measures. They are the reason why you're getting a much better car for the same price or less. Mm-hmm. And, and if you look at the charts that this proves out. Um, it's actually we're, we're in a much better position than we've ever been with the, with the auto industry as far as what you can buy as a consumer. Does it hurt some people who locally worked and were not able to find other jobs? Absolutely. It's hurt certain areas of the country in dramatic ways. And, and if you look at the, the map of where Trump voters really came out, you'll find it's those areas. Well, we hear also that uh, the, the world is changing, uh, changing, changing, changing. And so the people who are now going to be in charge of the world are who we lovingly call the millennials. We hear that all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, a new study put out and by... I, as a millennial, um, I want you guys to know that it's... That's really... You, you actually miss the cutoff that I hear I think, most of the time. And I, I know you time. like to say this, <laughs> but the cutoff for millennials is 35. The cutoff for millennials and is 1976. But you're not um, 35 anymore. No, it's funny because there, of course, is no real... The, the millennial thing is not a real thing. Like it's just right. a made-up term that right. a lot of people define differently. However, there's a range of studies. The earliest possible, or the yeah, the 
yeah, the earliest yeah, the possible earliest date possible. you could be a millennial is 76? January 1976. I was born in February 1976. So I am like one of the first millennials. So you believe in that I know study. more about millennials than any of these other crappy new millennials. All right? I, I was one of the originals. I like you better than any millennial I've ever met. There's no doubt about that. I just like Including torturing. most of my children. Uh, yeah. So. I like torturing millennials with the fact that I am theoretically one of them because I am the worst millennial of all time. They don't so like the nonprofit educational but. testing service, yes. ETS, and you know, we, we quote them all the time. Uh, looked at millennials' skills. <laughs> Specifically, it compared their abilities to literacy, numeracy, the ability to apply math to everyday situations, and the problem-solving in technology-rich environments. Okay. And how'd they do? These findings, uh, they scored lower than 15 of the 22 participating countries in literacy. Of course. They ranked last along with Italy and Spain in numeracy. Good. Um, they're pretty bad. Yeah, actually, I heard that. What about technology? Didn't they do well there? I mean, they should do well at least in technology. They've had it their whole lives, right? I actually heard that some of them are so dumb they're using the term pedestrains. They could. No, that's my line. Oh, okay. More pedestrians coming up hey, in a minute. Millennials aren't smart enough to steal no, my lines. No, strains? Is on, that like man. a? Is it a virus? A, it's a strain of a virus. Is it a train? What is? is it sounds very pedophile-ish. Pedestrians. Uh, And uh, Jeffy had a lot of yeah. important things that the Jeffy segment we did not get to today. So let's go back oh, yeah. to this All right. guy. I mean, I didn't get to the Pamela, Pamela Anderson story, one of my favorites. So if I don't know why I find it fascinating, okay. but I just do. She's visiting Julian Assange. Yeah, Pam Anderson. Well, Ecuadorian. She yeah. comes and visits bearing gifts. And you know what kind of gifts I'm talking about. No, I no, don't. Yeah. Gave me more I don't know. Snacks, sandwiches, oh, food, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, that is actually is, really it. Like, yes, and she has visited him more than once now. Why? Because she likes him. She likes Julian Assange. She wants to stop in and see him at the Ecuadorian. Uh, I don't get it. But oh, I mean, I do. You know what? You know what's going on. No, I. I mean, I don't know what's going yeah, on. What is going on? You know exactly what's going on. <laughs> no, I really don't. Come on, you know. I mean, no, everybody. I everybody I at one point in their life has wanted Pamela Anderson to. Bring them treats. Well, yeah, but what does that have to do with Julian Assange? I mean... Well, she's bringing him tweets. But and treats. Yeah, but why <laughs> Julian Assange? That doesn't right. seem like what her, is her kind of guy. Here, what guess, is her is interest? The point. Yeah, just, that's she, what I'm wondering. She just likes it. Just to support I mean, of course, her cause? Of course, most men would be interested reverse way in Pam Anderson, right. but why is she interested She just is concerned him? about his well-being. You have no idea. That's what you the answer don't know. is. You don't know, and you just you just you're continually instead of just saying I'm not sure, you just filibuster, so we waste time. That's that's, that's what you exactly what's going on. That's what the Ukrainian parliament. I got a couple more stories. Okay, go. All right, hurry up. The Ukrainian parliament uh, got a little upset uh, with people that they uh, thought were uh, pro-Russia, and I believe that this is uh, coming to America. Sorry, maybe not America. Yep, coming to America. Yep, I'm right. It's coming to America very very soon. Let's watch. All right. Oh. Ooh. Wow. Wow. 
He actually... Why are they speaking gibberish? Hit him back, you sissy! Hit him back! <laughs> Which just sits back down. Which was the pro-Russian guy? That was weird. Uh, which was they, they accused uh, the one guy of working for the Kremlin, but I'm not real sure. Um, the oh. English was a little broken up there, so I didn't quite understand everything. <laughs> I said the guy said. speaking was the guy say, accusing the other guy of being Probably. Russian. Was the Kremlin, and so yeah. he hit him in the face. Yeah, uh, that was weird because he, he. I like his facial reaction in there. He had no reaction as he hit the guy. Like his. <laughs> his <laughs> watch that again. Can we watch it one more time? Uh, this is the fight once again on the Ukrainian-Russian thing. And I, watch. There's almost no. That's the first time they've That's fought. the first time. Um, almost nothing there either. He's telling them to stop. Literally, he doesn't even have a And he did it again. Yeah, two, two times. Wow. Um, probably not a good way to run a government, but I do assume that ours is right around the corner. In the United States, the guy would have been arrested. He'd be, uh, I mean, sued I like and probably that, charged with assault. Yeah, but on this one, he just sits back down. Yeah. I was like, oh, we'll continue this meeting <laughs> in just a moment. So I obviously had to get that punch in. And right, now, I got a couple of penis stories to get to, too. I got now we're two all out of time important now. penis stories we're to get to. All uh, out one of guy. All out of time wedding. now. So, all out of time. But thank you for that. that. All right. Well, we got more Pat and Stu coming up in a second here. Uh, wish we had time for that, but mm. we're time for the but the guy got his the break. But we yeah. It's, Can't you just maybe oh. maybe you post those on your sites? Maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Get some more. Well, I got the story. <laughs> So you guys did not see the Saturday Night Live episode that aired after the election, right? Did not. Okay. This no. is. Let me show you a clip of the open. Now, I want you to remember, remember <coughs> what Saturday Night Live is. It's a sketch comedy show. Yeah, right. We know. I mean, it's, do you remember it's this? What, they do, they, what they've done for they years. Always right? laugh. In fact, even told jokes after 9-11. I remember watching that episode, and they, mm-hmm. there was that one clip where um, they Rudy Giuliani was on set, and they said to Giuliani, hey, uh, can, we, can we be funny? And, and he said, why start now? Like that's a right, okay, so, <laughs> joke. It's funny. After 9/11, mm-hmm. this is what they did after the election. Watch. Well, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, and the major lift. The baffled king composing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I mean, they didn't even change the lyrics. No, no, it's the exact same song from beginning to end. That's what they did. She's the not entire even song? Very this whole song. Good. They played she, the whole song. The only skit is her dressed up as uh, supposed Hillary. to be Hillary And she, Clinton. like, winked at one point. Weird. And then she said, uh, uh, we're not going to stop fighting, and you shouldn't stop fighting either. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. Like, that was the whole sketch. So anyway, uh, wow. the wow. reason thought that was uh, worth a parody. And if you're Saturday Night Live, you should be worried that other shows are parodying your sketches or lack of sketches. Uh, but here's mm-hmm. this is from Reason.com. 
I heard the news and I was sad. A crazy man who'll power grab. He'll probably bomb countries unapproved. Yeah. The debt will double, won't it, babe? He'll build up the surveillance state. I guess it won't be all that different. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. embarrassing for them this is also a much better version he might be much. so awful so unhinged defense secretaries leaving then imply his white house knows not what to do yeah he'll wage a war on whistleblows there may be unexpected gropes he'd be that nightmare they call deja vu yeah hallelujah SNL could not come up with something similar. Right, to this. I, that's pathetic. Right, like even if it that was, was Reason TV that yeah. did that. Yeah, and it's and you go through. Good. It's good too because they be, the whole yeah. point, obviously, as you as you probably grasp from that part of it, it ends this way as well. Is that like okay, all the things you're all so worried about on the left that mm-hmm. Trump might do, you know, Obama's been doing them, right? Right. Like you are aware right. that he's been doing these the whole time. So I wouldn't necessarily expect Saturday Night Live to take that same political stance. But I am. I cannot believe they actually did that whole song without a joke. Yeah. Like the whole country had blown up. You know, I mean, I, even after a terrorist attack, they made jokes. I mean, they got no funny jokes. the rest of the show, though. That was just the starting of the show, right? So, I mean, they've got a, they've got a whole hour that they do, right? They did. An hour. Uh, they tried to be funny the rest of the show. Much of it uh, fell pretty flat. Um, you know, Dave Chappelle was the host, and he was, you know, pretty funny at times. Um, you know, his, his, he had, a, I thought, a pretty cool moment at the end of his open. Which was, you know, look, I, you know, I'm not a fan of Trump, but, you know, I, I need to give him a chance. Uh, and, and I think he says something like, I need to give him a chance and he needs to give me a chance. Which I thought was a, yeah. a fine thing to express. That's fine. Um, and, you know, His uh, Walking Dead parody was terrible. Terrible. I, thought. I mean, I, I don't know good. Walking Dead, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be. Not good. You don't know Walking Dead. I don't know his show. Chappelle's show. So yeah. It was all the Chappelle show characters. It was not good. Basically an excuse to re-bring those, you know, to bring those characters, characters back. back. Mm. Which was one thing. And then there was, uh, they, you know, they it had. It wasn't a, funny. No, it was, you know, look, they came out of the shoot this season, I think, with a couple pretty funny episodes, and then it just died. Like, they, the last three or four have been terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, terrible. I, I, that show, and, you know, they, you just don't understand it. They have all the money in the world to spend on the show. They have a all million the writers, a, a million lot of writers. And they, do, they, first of all, do it in a very stupid way, which they try to jam everything into the week of the show. So they write all these sketches basically the week of. Um, they produce them, even the, even the recorded stuff, like the, you know, the, um, the, the uh, all the, like, the, the fake rap videos they right. did that mm-hmm. were really popular. Mm-hmm. All of those were, were done in really short, short amounts of time. And I, I, they do that, I guess, to keep it fresh. But half the sketches are timeless, and they, don't, they can run at any time. So why not write those and make them good three months ago when you're off? Spend some time like actually yeah. writing some good sketches so you come in with good sketches to start the season. So, But even if they didn't take a few months, they could take, I don't know, the week between uh, yeah. the primaries yeah. and the election. I mean, they took, uh, they they took, took that off. Yeah, to, the, they did a show right before the election, but the week before that took it off. How the hell do you take How do you do that? Saturday, now, remember how dedicated they were to destroying Sarah Palin. And, and, and I mean, every right. week was a new great sketch about how hard, terrible Sarah Palin was going to be, and just mocking her constantly. 
Mm-hmm. And they, they dedicated their lives to that cause. And I can see Trump. Russia from my house. Yeah. Yeah. Came from them. Mm-hmm. Not Sarah Palin. Yeah, she didn't even say that. She didn't say that. Uh, a fascinating thing to watch. Um, yeah. But it was not, you know, hopeful. I mean, you see that disappointment in their eyes. I mean, it was it was actually sad. And not sad from the point that they wanted to be like, wow, the country, you know, you know elected this horrible person. Sad from the, the perspective of just like, God, get over yourself. Well, this show has been this, you know, it's a staple in our society, like it or not. And, you know, it, it does for over say 40 years, for over 40 years. And for them to do that was just like pathetic. It was the second week in a row. Yeah. They ended without a joke because they wanted to make some strong point. Wow. Stop.